where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello, and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. I'm James. And I'm John. This is an exciting episode. It's called To All the Girls I've Loved Before, named after the Willie Nelson and Inglesias, not in Vicky Julio. I want to say it's Julio Inglesias. <laughs> I don't know, you went quite sort of regal when you said the name of the episode. To All the Girls I've Loved Before. <laughs> you sort of did it with like the, as if you were speaking from your chest, like to all the, you went like kind of very regal with it, James. Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> it was Julio Inglesias, Julio and Willie. Uh, this episode aired on the 11th of February, 1988, episode 17 of season six. It was directed by James Burroughs and written by Ken Levine and David Isaacs, a classic trio there. Yeah. And you might say this is a, a Valentine's episode with that date and with that title. I don't know how I didn't clock that before. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Valentine's love is in the air, or is it, James? This episode uh, revolves around the impending marriage of Fraser and Lilith, but adds a little bit of jeopardy in it, when some jitters are sort of maybe speculated. See these feet? They be cold. And that's sort of the premise of this episode, but we'll get into that more later on. Should we kick start into the cold open, James? Yeah, which is quite nice. Carla wheels the twins into the office, is how it starts, because she needs to feed them. Needs to breastfeed them, and the office has some privacy. Now that this could be a relatively wholesome one, but Carla's tired of breastfeeding them, so she has a solution. Yeah, she asks Rebecca to sort of take over as a breast decoy. Yeah, uh huh. Is that a thing? I don't think it's a thing. <laughs> I don't think it's a thing either. No. But uh, Carla says so they won't get milk. Life is hard. Theoretically, I understand it. She she only has a certain number of hands, and as and you know. As, <laughs> To hold a child, you need both hands, I think, to hold them safely. You know, so she could do the old switcheroo, but practically doesn't work. You can't just go, <laughs> Rebecca, we'll use yours instead. Nope, that's not how it works, Carla. You should know this by now. And yeah, it was, uh, definitely an interesting cold open. But before we talk too much about a subject we know literally nothing about, James, should we move into the main episode? Well, last week we were so strong on the cold open. We were like, ah, sci-fi, we can, we can talk for 50, days. 50 sci-fi? Oh, this is our jam. Breastfeeding. Oh, oh, look, the rest of the episode. Yeah, I don't think we're, I don't think we're the experts on that. But hey, we don't, we don't have to be the experts on everything. No, we know our remit. As we sort of said up at the top of this episode, this episode mainly focuses around Fraser and Lilith and their engagement. And uh, we start with them entering the bar. And uh, Fraser says, quite a nice sentiment. You know, it's uncanny, my darling, but there's not a room you step foot into where you're not the most beautiful woman there. That's deplorable sentence structure, Fraser. What you mean to say is that I'm the most beautiful woman in any room I enter. Yes. Well, thank you for correcting me in front of 30 people. Which I think is an insight into their relationship that we've seen the whole time where she's very sort of straight down. But they're both quite academic. Oh yes, very much so. Still seems like a relationship I want to have, though. Just, just, just. I was going to say the constant belittling. That's not what I'd want. But the fact that they seem quite attuned to each other. Well, that's the thing. It's it's quite an endearing kind of thing because his he does quip back fairly quickly, and it always feels to be in a, a sense of mutual uh, jest. Yeah, exactly. You got to give and take. That's what it is, and that applies for this relationship to insults. Yeah. <laughs> 
Project says that they've been in the process of writing, editing, rewriting, and researching their wedding vows. <laughs> <laughs> and what kicks off this episode, really, is Lilith, I think, corners Rebecca, I think that's fair to say, uh, and asks her if she will be her maid of honour. Because they're best friends, because they've had a conversation. Yep. <laughs> Which is a bit of a shame. But to be fair, out of all the people in Cheers, I think Lilith does get on best with Rebecca, you know, at, at least with, with the women and therefore eligible to be made of honour. I mean, I think the last thing I remember them saying to each other was we should get a coffee sometime. I think they said that. And it seems they have not got their coffee. But this is the next best thing. <laughs> <laughs> We've exchanged words. Take that friendship to the max, straight to 11. But Rebecca agrees. But as a sort of byproduct of this, Fraser of course, asks Sam... And then the idea of a bachelor party comes up, and that is the premise of this episode. There's only really one main plot in this episode, I'd say. Oh, it's it's the respective pre-wedding parties, yeah. Mm. Uh, I think Sam is good best man material. I think him and Norm are reliable best man material. You know, salt of the mm. earth type, not going to book something weird like Cliff. I'd be happy if either of them were my best man for a completely hypothetical marriage. <laughs> But they uh, they decide to both have their bachelor party and the Hindu. And I think Fraser's pretty hyped for it. But he's so hyped, in fact, that he keeps making remarks about being attached to the bull and chain to the point where it gets on Lilith's nerves a little bit. And she puts a little bit of kind of an ultimate... What do you say? It's an ultimatum? It's an offer, I'd say. It's a offer, but it's strongly suggested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That she gives him a sort of call me after tonight, kind of basically says, if you want to get married, tell me you want to get married and stop with these jokes, essentially. I think that's kind of the main message of it. She's a bit fed up with them. Yeah, exactly. He compares her to Norma Bates, doesn't he? Do I hear the pitter-patter of cold feet? No, no, not at all. I mean, as long as I'm in love with this woman and she has my dear old mother tied up in the cellar, I'm going to go through with it. <laughs> Darling. Could I speak with you a moment? Excuse me. The ball and chain? Fraser, do you realize that is the fourth derogatory remark about marriage you've made this evening? Oh, come on, my angel. I mean, they're, they're jokes. I mean, everybody knows my mother's dead. That's what makes it funny. <laughs> do you know the connection between Fraser Crane and Norma Bates? I'll tell you it's a, it's a, it's a multi-step connection, but it is there. Uh, I mean, no, I don't, so... All right. Who played Frasier's mother? Uh, the, the one from Sopranos, right? That's it. Nancy Marchand played Hester Crane, who played Livia Soprano in the film The Many Saints of Newark, which came out a few, a few months ago now. The actress who played the younger Livia Soprano, uh, Vera Farmiga, also played Norma Bates in the TV show Bates Motel. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't have got that. I wouldn't have got that trail. No, but it's there. <laughs> it's definitely there. I I probably think there's probably a quicker way as well. No. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, the main takeaway is that Lilith has said, after your madcap night of debauchery and vomiting, if you still feel you want to go through with the wedding plan, call me and tell me so. Fraser says this is unnecessary and that, of course, he wants to get married. But either way, they are both split in to go to their respective parties where this kind of thought will stew over both of them. 
How soon does she want him to call after debauchery and vomiting? Because you don't you don't want that call to be mid vomit, do you? Well, maybe between the vomits. <laughs> Inter vomit. There's also a throwaway line as well, which uh, I don't want to dig too much into, but I just thought it was a little bit weird. Was <laughs> Woody says, "You fellas ever dressed up farm animals in women's clothing?" They all say no. And then Woody says, well, then I'm one upon you. And I'm kind of questioning what that means. Put a pig in a tutu. But what? what, what why? I don't understand. Because it's funny seeing the little... But what's the boast? What's the boast? Because that's how Woody's had parties <laughs> in the past. They haven't. So he thinks he's, you know, party king. That's it. <laughs> it's a fairly simple concept. <laughs> Well, anyway, we skip a little bit of time and we jump to uh, the start of the stag do where, of course, it takes place in Cheers. We should, that goes without oh, yeah. saying. Of course it is, yeah. But that's only the stag do. The hen do is at Carla's. It's at Rebecca's. Rebecca's. Interesting. Yeah. But Fraser enters and he says, um, thank you for coming back to the bar. So they all go, oh, we didn't leave. <laughs> No, that's that's fair. He he enters reciting a little song. I was listening to a rock and roll station on my way over here. You know, it put me in the mood. There was a passage in one of those tribal songs that I feel, uh, well, is the keynote for this evening. Everybody have fun tonight. Everybody wang chung tonight. That's how the song goes, and it's on our playlist, which is Play It Again, Sam, the definitive Cheers playlist, available on Spotify. It's got at least 150 songs. I've lost track at this point. I keep adding them, and they're all there. To, to this, everybody shouts and cheers, and I think it's Cliff says, I think we've got a madman on our hands here. Do you know what Fraser replies to that? Something psychologically <laughs> clinical. No, he just goes, I had a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to that age where I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> no, I'm not an old man, but naps are wonderful things. <laughs> and I just thought that's such a weird thing to say. Like, oh, we've got a madman over here. I had a nap. So he's got more energy. He's ready to go. He's ready. That was the takeaway. But yeah, no. If I'm if I have work to do, but I'm really tired, I have a nap, and then I have a black coffee, and then. The amount of uh, time I lost through napping is regained because of how quickly I do the work, you know, in a, in a <laughs> caffeine-fueled haze. Looks like we've got a madman over here. <laughs> well, you speak of coffee, James. That's what the guys in the bar all assume that the women are doing. Drinking coffee, that's about it. They, they're very innocent if you want them, yeah. Talking about whatever women talk about. <laughs> and for a rare moment in Cheers, we get... A name drop of the title of the episode when Sam starts a uh, toast to Fraser and says to Mr. Fraser Crane, he says Mr. Not Doctor, just point that out, and to all the girls we loved before. Oh yeah, yeah, Sam, it's it's Doctor Fraser. <laughs> you worked hard for that PhD. Yeah, and uh, that that's kind of kicks off the evening, I'd say. I'm not familiar with this phrase. Having said that, I've not been to a bachelor party, though I'm hoping I get to go to one next year. Um, a specific one, not just <laughs> genetically, um, but a specific one. I've been really good this year, and I think if I... <laughs> I think if I play my cards right, I'll go, I'll go to one next year. No, a specific, a specific one. <laughs> but yeah, I've never heard this phrase before. 
Uh, you said it was a song, didn't you? Yeah, To All the Girls I've Loved Before. I think it's a cover, but the version I've heard is by Julio Iglesias and Willie Nelson, which is it's pretty good. Is that the version on the playlist as well? Yeah. So uh, you know where to find that. If you, if you want to give it a listen, you know where to find uh, it. I, I, I always smile because it's just such different voices. <laughs> <laughs> but ca- carry that thought in mind, James, as we proceed through the rest of the, uh, the episode. <laughs> because uh, they all start discussing various women that they, they fancy. I don't know any of them, I don't think, James. Well, then I'll tell you what your trivia today is going to be hard. <laughs> uh, we'll skip over that moment then because I'm sure we'll come back to it then. But we do end up in the pool room. Fraser then tells the rest of the people about Lilith's we called it an offer earlier her saying that if you after tonight if you want to call off the wedding you can call off the wedding the rest of the people in the bar see this as Lilith wanting to call off the wedding but making Fraser do it a double bluff a yeah. psychological trickery uh, and Sam says the line uh, if you had a 200 pound marlin you're about to haul him on the boat would you stop and ask him if he wanted to go back in the water Ooh, that's an interesting one. I can say much about this. I have three points to say off the back of this. <laughs> okay. One, it reminds me of the John Mulaney routine of why buy the cow. I assume mm. you've you've heard of this this phrase, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free. John Mulaney does a great, I'd say easily 10-minute routine about this. And uh, I quite like John Mulaney. You, you know, writer for Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. comedic actor, stand-up comedian. He does a whole routine on the phrase, why buy the cow? Also, uh, the use of the word marlin, I didn't expect coming from Sam. It's like a swordfish. A big fish. Yeah, like a swordfish that's got a point mm. on its nose. And third thing, I found it interesting that Sam was, he wasn't being devil's advocate as such, because he wasn't really arguing with anything, but he was making Frasier doubt things. Uh, yeah, there were three things I took away from from it. None of them particularly deep. Well, Woody took something away from it as well, which he said, uh, be careful, Dr. Crane, this could be a trick question. I think the laws are different in each state. Yep. <laughs> so there's many ways to take that that saying, but um, Fraser takes it as perhaps Elith doesn't want to marry him. And he gets a bit in his head about it. And he probably does the, the worst thing that you could do in that point and says, bring on the stripper. Bring on the stripper. <laughs> I don't think you said it with as much, as you said, regal tone or enthusiasm as I said it there. <laughs> but yeah, it is a bachelor party after all. And traditionally, there's meant to be some debauchery, usually including strippers. But as pointed out by, I want to say, Dexter in the TV show, Dexter, which maybe isn't the best best reference to use considering he is a psychopath. But he pointed out that bachelor parties are more for the groom's friends than they are for the groom themselves. Hmm. We had a similar thing with Sam's bachelor party where Diane jumped out of the cake. There's this whole reputation of last night of freedom, and is which I give in, in quotation marks in my fingers there. But fundamentally, it is more a last blowout with your friends, not necessarily for any kind of sexual escapade, but more just what's the craziest thing we can do before I married as a party, as a celebration, not as a, not as a, I've been given permission to do whatever I want. <laughs> and you can kind of see that here because 
all sorts of people coming out the woodworks. Half the people at this party, I haven't, I don't remember. And I think that could bring us on to a good point of uh, looking at the cast of this episode, James. Most of them have been here before. There's one new character. We have B.B. Newith as Dr. Lilith Sternan. Karen Lore as the imaginatively named Karen. She also appeared in Falcon Crest, The Dukes of Hazard. I married a centerfold. I assume she played the centerfold. Trapper John M.D., Hunter, One Life to Live, The X-Filers, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Dharma and Greg, Malcolm in the Middle, and many more. She is also a former Playboy model. This won't be a surprise because she plays the stripper. <laughs> this was the most surprising fact. She was married to Chuck Lore or Laurie. I don't, I don't know how it's pronounced. I've never heard it said. Do you know of this person? No. He was the creator of Two and a Half Men, The Big Bang Theory, and The Kaminsky Method. Creator and writer of them. Okay. The one you probably didn't recognize in the cast was Deke Anderson as Randy. Mm -hmm. He also appeared in Webster, Days of Our Lives, Army of Darkness, Diagnosis Murder, Friday Night Lights, Dallas, Devious Maids, and many more. Hugh McGuire as Hugh, Tom Babson as Tom or Lawyer Tom, Alan Costas as Alan, Peter Schreiner as Pete, Steve Gianelli as Steve, Philip Pillman as Phil, and Wendy Wells Gunkel is uncredited as bar patron, apparently. She didn't say anything in this episode, but apparently she's there. Should we revisit the party scene, James? Because there's quite a scene unfolding. And yeah, you mentioned that like a lot of people, they're going a bit crazy. All the men. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely a not safe for work anecdote. <laughs> okay. It's mild. I, when I was in Berlin, I'm cultured. Uh, when I was in Berlin, I was, I was sitting having lunch with a friend of mine, you know, drinking beer, eating, I don't know, some German food. You know, when in Berlin, eat eat like the Berliners do. Berliner, there you go. Um, we were there, you know, having having lunch. But we were next to the river, uh, which goes through Berlin. We were sitting there, eating lunch, and we saw a party boat coming down, which, you know, ties in with our last episode. Mm. Party boat coming down. It was probably a bachelor party because we saw it go one way with a woman, like, taking off her jacket as music was playing. And we went, oh, that's fun. And then about half an hour later, it came back the other way and she was naked. And we went, oh, that, that's what she does. Okay. So we were the, just there trying to enjoy our lunch. And there was this <laughs> distracting stripper on a party boat sailing by. Well, when in Berlin? Yeah. <laughs> that's the one meal you don't remember what you had, James. I, I don't remember what I ate. <laughs> the one meal you don't remember what you ate. <laughs> You've spoke of many meals on this podcast. And this is the one which has slipped your mind. I drank beer and ate <laughs> something. I, I wasn't looking at my food. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think in many ways, uh, the same can be said of Fraser, where he wasn't really looking until uh, he made full eye contact and realised that uh, Karen is one of his patients. Karen! Dr. Crane! You know each other? She's one of my patients. <laughs> Karen, I hope you're doing this for the money because this certainly won't square things between you and your father. Which leads to a great exchange between Fraser and Karen. Um, <laughs> much to the other guest's chagrin. She seems quite upset about the whole ordeal, to be honest. There's something I don't understand, James. 
When she's leaving Cheers, the scene after, she seems to have Fraser's coat on from the beginning of the episode. And I don't understand why. I mean, she's not wearing much, John. She might be yeah, cold. She didn't arrive there. She got changed there, I assume. So she could change back, yeah. She, yeah. I mean, she could be embarrassed. I'm not going to assume either of us have, have therapists. But if your GP uh, <laughs> saw, you, saw you stripping... You, I, wouldn't, you, I wouldn't take their coat. <laughs> I wouldn't expect them to give me it. That's theft. <laughs> I seem to have turned into Barry this episode with, with, <laughs> the, with the smut. I think someone had to bring it in this episode. I mean, it is a, it is a smutty episode, isn't it? There, there is a, quite a good uh, visual gag, which is says, uh, I'm sorry I spoiled your party. Fraser says, nonsense, Karen, you didn't spoil anything. And then it does a sort of reaction shot of the bar, which I don't think we've seen the same shot since, like, episode one, way back. Seen it once since then? I think it's when Diane entered to greet everyone and nobody mm. cared. But, <laughs> you know, wow. But we've, but we've only <laughs> seen it a handful of times. Yeah. Well, that's better than the reception that this one had because it was stone-cold disappointment across everyone they were throwing daggers is what they were doing you know <laughs> you know from their eyes visual daggers but this whole experience uh, helps fraser realize that perhaps lilith is the one the only and he gives her a call <laughs> I do, is that chesney hawk <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad we were both thinking it because otherwise i was gonna start sinking it <laughs> it was an accidental um, but he realises this and gives a call and then uh, gets Carla on the other end who probably will play the phone call. Can I speak to Lilith, please? Well, is it important? She's showing the male stripper where to put his things. What? Oh, I, I gotta get back. I, I gotta bet this guy's packing socks. <laughs> She'll call you back sometime. This gives Frasier a shudder of uh, regret and... Anger, fear. fear. Yeah, that's a good word. He is terrified. Oh, yeah. Because he becomes sort of overwhelmed with anger, really. It sounds like her bachelorette party has gone uh, much wilder than his bachelor party because now it's just Fraser pacing around a room. Cliff has said some dubious things about Lilith during the night, and Fraser and Cliff now have to sort of square that out. They're going to have a fight. It jumps to later in the night, and they've drawn up agreements of the fight where they can't punch each other in the face, they can't do several things. It's like a legal document. Not below the belt and not in the face fair enough. Well, it, it goes far beyond that because I think it ends up as like a 15-page document. <laughs> and then uh, before the fight, Fraser just says, drawing up this was punishment enough. You're off the hook kind of thing. Oh, yeah, he's got... Is it carpal tunnel? Is that what, what you get when from, from your wrist? Mm. Yeah. But then Lilith does show up at the bar. With a, with a guest. Yeah, and this was one of the actors you talked about earlier, James. This, this is Randy, which given he plays the male stripper, is amusing. Because <laughs> Randy is a, is a British term for horny, basically. Do you like that joke? I think Woody had a better joke, which was when, I think you've lost a button. Uh, Randy looks, <laughs> and Randy's not wearing a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Woody had the last laugh there. Woody's wise beyond his years, isn't he? Yeah. But amongst all this happening, Randy doesn't really want anything to do with Lilith and just wanted to drop her off. Uh, got some cab fare from Sam and then went on his way. There's one of my favourite quotes from Lilith where it's like, I don't want to be with you, Frasier. I'm marrying Randy. If anyone wants to give him a wedding gift, his butt is this size. <laughs> yeah, it's not her best moment. But after Randy leaves, Frasier says 
that Lilith, I want to marry you anyway. Uh, <laughs> the most romantic phrase ever said, anyway. It's a fairly nice way to end. Yeah, the more episodes we discuss with Lilith, the more I'm like, I just want to spend time with this woman because <laughs> she is hilarious. <laughs> but amongst this whole episode, there's sort of been this, not will they, won't they, but will he, won't he, about Fraser and pulling out the wedding. And there's kind of been devils on his shoulder. Cliff, we mentioned, sort of said some bad things about Lilith. But Sam's been a key player and an advocate, kind of against and Fraser asked him for one point. Sam gave many points, reluctantly gave many points, maybe, about freedom of the of the single life and those kind of ideas. And with this, lots of the other attendees of this bachelor party start leaving to their partners, including Fraser and Lilith, leave uh, together and ready for their wedding. Uh, and it leaves Sam alone in the bar. Oh, yeah, that took a dark turn. <laughs> he says quite uh, happily, like, I can have donuts for dinner if I want. And then he opens a bag of donuts. <laughs> yeah, and then he opens a bag of donuts, but it's much more somber than he uh, made out. I mean, I have a lot of unusual food choices. I think desperados and cereal is probably uh, the most unconventional. I've never had donuts for dinner, but there's a Krispy Kreme near me. So Krispy Kreme, Krispy Kreme, whatever it's called. This is a slight tangent, James. You know, we used to get pancakes uh, for lunch on Tuesdays. Yes. Well, I was going to say they've swapped out the menu for donut stacks. All right. So When's the next Tuesday you can do lunch? <laughs> <laughs> we'll organise this off air, but I just thought that was worth putting out. <laughs> I was going to say a rare insight into our social life. The listeners have had many an insight into our social life, and they just look at us going, they both drink a lot. James eats a lot. <laughs> <laughs> James consumes. <laughs> The donut life isn't what it seems, is what I'm trying to say. Sam looks fairly alone. He's, he starts watching TV in the bar and Rebecca comes in to see if anyone's around, to which she finds out no one's there. And she says to Sam, you want to go grab a cup of coffee? To which he instantly replies, you bet I do. And runs very quickly out the bar. This whole episode, people have been referring to their partners and going to see the partners and they, someone's out there who sort of cares about them, I guess. And then at the end of the night, Sam's alone eating donuts in the dark. And when someone comes in and offers, do you want to do something together, company, companionship, I think he leaps for it. A moment earlier as well was uh, Fraser brings up Diane. Yes. And Fraser says he was relieved when Diane jilted him at the altar almost, almost relieved about it, and that he had sort of got away. But Sam gives kind of like a, a sort of longing kind of smile, but it feels kind of like a, not necessarily a regret, regrettable smile, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know what you mean, yeah. Uh, where him and Fraser empathised with, with each other in that they were both very close to marrying Diane, and neither of them did. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely some unfinished and unresolved plot of Diane leaving Sam. And that seemed like a little glimpse of something that has been forgotten through the season so far, really. That Sam is maybe a little bit more broken by the events of last season than perhaps first thought. You'll hear more about this in our season six review, I imagine. I hope so, because it, it's, it has felt like a, a sort of rebirth and rejuvenation of the show where it's swapped a lot of things under the mat of what's happened before. But it's nice to see these glimpses of some bits remaining. So yeah, we'll, we'll see as we go through. But that was a nice way to end this episode, I think. Oh, look, it's Kevin with her trivia. You can go now, Kevin. <laughs> James is going to forget the questions. Oh, look, John, it's questions. <laughs> 
as usual, before we open our letters, we have to give a shout out to our norms on Patreon. So this goes out to Treb Curry. If you want that special norm treatment, then check out our Patreon page for that and so much more. First one, what is Lilith's usual drink? George James, a, a quick reply. I don't know. A Kier Spitzer, which I don't know what it is, but I have a feeling it's going to be the house special. Yeah, I could go for one of them. That sounds pretty good. Lily, when Rebecca says that she'll put on a, a bachelorette party for her, Lily says that she wishes there was a way she could repay her. What does she present as a, an option of repayment? Oh, that's a good question. What would Lilith offer Rebecca? Getting Frasier away from the bar? No, she says, if you ever need to admit a family member to a mental institution, I could certainly speed up the paperwork. Ah, that is a good favour. Uh, well, speed up the paperwork. I thought she was going to say I could... Get them in. Get, get them in, cover the costs. Don't worry about it. Who is Tom's celebrity crush? You did warn me that uh, this would be coming up. I I don't know, James. I didn't, didn't recognise any of the names, I don't think, either. Kim Basinger in Nine and a Half Weeks... When they're talking about all of these famous actresses, Frazier says the line, Boy, she has a set of umpas that John Philip Sousa would kill for. Who is John Philip Sousa? I have no idea what this was referencing. I remember the line, but I had no idea what it was about. He's a, an American composer and conductor of the late Romantic era, known primarily for the American military marches. And what does that have to do with umpas and killing? I think like an umpapa. He led the like the marching bands. Ah, okay. <laughs> Just kind of... I'll, I'll laugh because I, I assume it's funny. <laughs> People laughed, therefore I should laugh. Yeah. The brow is too high. Fraser is panicking about Lilith disrobing a male stripper, so Sam throws a drink in his face. What drink? Oh, it's green. I remember that. Is it like a vermouth or something? It's creme de month. Ah. Well, uh, I've got one final question for you, James. And uh, it's, a, it's a smutty one. What is Carla's bet that she has to hang up the phone to see if she wins? Oh, the, 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 the stripper is packing socks. Yeah, you got it. You remember yeah. that one? <laughs> <laughs> that says more about me. Two questions about Lilith here. What nickname does Lilith give herself? She doesn't want to be called Lilith anymore when she brings Randy to the bar. She has a new name. Oh, I have no idea. Sheena, ruler of the <laughs> jungle of love. <laughs> the other question, how many tequila shooters did Lilith drink before showing up at Cheers? Eleven. Then she becomes Sheena after eleven. Yeah, uh, like the Ramones song, Sheena is a punk rocker. That's the last call, James. And what an episode it's been. It has been an eventful episode, milestone episode say do you want to know a fact about this episode i save this fact right till the end just for your listeners oh of course i want to hear the fact james this episode is exactly halfway through the run of cheers oh wow yeah that that deserves a a, a, a good good special then you mentioned what was lilith's regular drink uh, a cure spritzer so james we, we can either have that or we can celebrate with 11 tequila shooters i think we need to celebrate <laughs> i thought you would say that thank you for all those who have joined us on this journey so far if you want to support us further why not hit up our patron for early releases of each of these episodes as well as lots of other bonus content including bonus episodes and the chance for you yourself 
to be in an episode of Where Nobody Knows Your Name. Talk about Cheers, talk about whatever you want, really. The fact is, we're both fans of Cheers, and we will enjoy it. And uh, I don't think there's much else to say, James, other than uh, thank you for your support, everyone. This has been Where Nobody Knows Your Name, uh, and a little bit of a toast to Fraser and Lilith. Everybody have fun tonight. <laughs> Everybody want a drink tonight? There you go. <laughs> thank you for listening.